What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Thursday, February 8th. We're just a few days away from the Super Bowl, and I am proudly joining you from anywhere but Radio Row. That is where you get the worst radio of the entire year, where you get the same four guests pitching the same four products over and over And then everyone's tweeting about it like they're having the time of their lives when they're really not. So instead, I'm coming to you from Miami, where I would much rather be than Las Vegas right now. I had so many people come up to me last night when I went to Joe's Stone Crab and another amazing meal at Joe's. I hadn't been there in a while because I've been spending a lot of time in Medellin and who can blame me? And over there, they don't have crabs. Stone crabs. They don't have stone crabs in Medellin. So I go to Joe's last night, have some delicious stone crabs, and of course posted a photo of them and a video on my Instagram feed. Actually, I think I only posted a video. They were fantastic. Had some good company there. Uh, last night and the most popular question to Joe's at least for me who do you like in the game and then you've got different servers coming by oh I like the Chiefs oh I like the 49ers and hey I've been paying attention to your parlays the managers are getting in on it so we're all having a lot of fun had a fantastic meal there uh, last night and I'm so glad that I'm here in South Florida right now And not in Vegas. I do love Vegas. I was just in Vegas like 10 days ago. Something like that. And I always have a great time there. But when it comes to hoopla and events and so many people, I've done all of that. And once you do it and you do it a few times, I think life is just better relaxing and not being around so many people. Like Sunday... I'm going to have maybe 10 people over at my house. And now that I said that, I have friends who tune into the program too. Not just strangers, but friends. And I'll get messages. I know I'm going to get messages. Oh, how come I'm not invited? These are just like 10 of my closest friends that I hang out with all the time. So... My apologies, because I know these messages are already coming. I got 10 people coming over. Flanagan's, that's the food that we're going to have anytime I do a big game uh, feast at my house or get together. I do it from Flanagan's. So I've got ribs on the menu. I got chicken stickers. I got fried shrimp. I got potato skins. I got the rock and rib rolls. I got mozzarella sticks. I think I have a pretty good smorgasbord uh, for the big game on Sunday. And, of course, you can do the same at Flanagan's. And I, I was at Flanagan's the other day having one of the burgers. I love the, the food at Flanagan's. And I know a lot of you do, too. There's so many of them popping up. So whatever you're doing for the big game, maybe you want to grab your food from Flanagan's. I'd say put that order in pretty early because it's already Thursday and the big game is coming up on Sunday. Unfortunately, the Dolphins are not involved, 
But they do have a big night tonight. The NFL honors. That's on tonight. Tua up for comeback player of the year. Tyreek Hill up for offensive player of the year. And both of them should win. I'll get to more on that in a little bit. So last night while I'm at Joe's, I'm watching some of the Heat game on my phone. The Heat, I, I just love how you could watch like high def anywhere now. So the Heat get another W. That's back-to-back uh, Ws at home. They beat Orlando on Tuesday night and then San Antonio last night. Wemby brought his show to the Caseya Center, and it looked like a really good crowd. The energy was good, and why not? You got the number one pick in the draft, a kid that people have been talking about for a few years, and the Spurs, a team from the West, that means you only get to see him once. So that was Wemby's only trip to South Florida. Seemed like a memorable one, a fun one. And the Heat, they get a W, as they should have against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I got to figure out what I'm going to do tonight. The Panthers are in action. I know I'm going to be busy eating dinner with my buddy Will Manso tonight, but that'll be early, and I'll watch some of the Panthers game on my phone. But what I really need to figure out is what I'm going to wager on tonight. I feel like I got to take another shot there with the Panthers game. And I'm being told from not people in the know because there's not a script. The NHL doesn't have a script. But I'm told if you look at the stats, and I haven't looked up these stats myself, but if you look at the stats, Carter Verhage on the Panthers does very well against the Washington Capitals as far as scoring goals. I was told 10 in 13 games. It's just that in the NFL, I pick touchdown scores. In the NHL, to pick a goal scorer, it seems like it's more difficult. I don't know if it is or not. Maybe it's because I watch a lot more football than hockey, although I am a big hockey fan. It seems like picking a goal scorer is more difficult than picking a touchdown scorer. Without looking at analytics or numbers or anything like that, just in my head here, you figure in a football game, you're going to have, for one team, you'll have three touchdowns, I'll say on average, We'll just say three touchdowns. Maybe that's a little bit above average. I don't know. But let's just say three touchdowns for for this conversation. So if one team has three touchdowns, offensive touchdowns, the amount of players that can really get those touchdowns, maybe five? Like maybe six, but probably five? So you're looking at, I'll, I'll say six, because you've got subs and you got two wideouts or maybe three wideouts, two running backs, the quarterback. I'll say six. So if you have three scores by an offense in an NFL game, and maybe three is a little high, but three out of six possible players, that would be example A. In hockey, 
let's say you also have three scores. You'll get three goals. But who could score those three goals? There's four lines per team, but the fourth line doesn't play a whole lot. So let's just take three lines. That's nine players. And then you have three defensive pairings of two. Let's just take... Let's take half of those players. So so three out of the six. So you're looking at three defensemen. You're looking at nine forwards. That's 12. So at least in my head, it seems like it's much more difficult to pick a goal scorer in hockey than a touchdown scorer in the NFL. That's just the way it seems to me. So when I hear Carter Verhage's got good numbers against the Capitals and maybe he would be a good bet tonight to score a goal, and I believe I was looking at the app, and I could look it up again now because I am here in South Florida, and it works, thank gosh. So I'm looking up the goal scores for tonight, and Carter Verhage... He's plus 135 to score a goal. That just, I don't know, it's its a little scary. I wouldn't put big money on that, but maybe I will take Carter Verhage to score a goal. I got I to gotta take a further look into it because the other night I took three Panthers to score a point. Verhage did score a goal. It was unassisted, and that was the only point of the entire game for the Cats. All right, I have a lot to get to. I'm not just going to talk about what I'm thinking about uh, betting on uh, tonight. But if I do take something, I may post it on my Twitter feed. Or maybe tonight I'll just put it on my Instagram because when I tweet out my wagers, I never win. And the whole point of this is for me to win, not just to show people what I'm wagering on. I want to win. I don't want to lose. So maybe I'll just do it on my IG tonight and see how that works out. I do have a lot of stuff to get to this hour, but I can't get to any of it until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. So I need to start with something I tweeted out late yesterday afternoon, maybe 30 or 40 minutes after the show was over. And if you follow me on Twitter... You've seen it, but maybe you want to know more about it. So now I'm here on the airwaves and I can share more information. I've got to begin with my Slater's scoop. And this had to do with Haywood Highsmith of the Miami Heat. Yesterday, right as the show ends, this was about 5.15. I'm always on my laptop. I'm on my phone. I see every email that comes in, press releases, some that are relevant, some that are not. I see the Miami Heat send out a press release yesterday, about 5.15. It's a statement. And I'm like, okay, what does this have to do with it? It says right up top, statement about Haywood Highsmith. Immediately, I'm like, hmm, what, did, did Haywood Highsmith do something that I, I missed? Did something happen in a game? Like, what, what's going on here? So I, I start to read the statement, and it says... Haywood Highsmith was in a car accident after last night's game. Again, this was yesterday, 
the statement. So they're talking about Tuesday's game against the Magic. And the statement says he's going to be out tonight, which was last night, for personal reasons. And our hearts go out to the people who were injured. That part grabbed my attention. So first of all, we have a car crash involving a Miami Heat player that nobody knew happened. I didn't know it happened. No one else in the media knew that it happened. If they did, they didn't say anything. That happened late Tuesday night, and nobody knew about it. The statement was put out yesterday on a Wednesday at about 5.15 p.m. There were no arrests. And if Haywood Highsmith was listed out for personal reasons, would anybody have looked into that? Would anybody have investigated that? No. It's Haywood Highsmith. It's not Jimmy Butler. It's not Bam. Like, all of a sudden, Bam's going to be out for personal reasons. People, oh, you know, what's going on? What happened? Haywood Highsmith listed out for personal reasons. Nobody's really looking into that. Why did the Miami Heat release this statement? Why did they say Haywood Highsmith was in a, as they call, car accident when nobody knew about it? My guess is, and this is only a guess, the Miami Heat's policy on these things is we want to get out in front of everything. We would rather control the narrative and put information out rather than someone else like me discovering it. And then if I were to discover it, if I were to find out about it and release it and the Miami Heat never said anything, maybe they would have a bad look on themselves because people would say, hey, they're trying to cover it up. They were hoping it just went away. That's possible. Maybe that's why the Heat put that statement out. Now, the crash itself, tragic, really sad. The victim was 21 years old. Let me tell you exactly what happened from what I understand. Haywood Highsmith, he's going home after the game. On his way home, he's on a, a road, and it's not a highway. He's on a road. He's going about 45 miles per hour. And he does not see that there is a car, an SUV, stopped in the middle of the road, broken down. He doesn't see it. There was a 21-year-old kid who stopped. Not That's not his car that, that was stopped. He stopped got out of his car somewhere else on the side and went to help the person that was stuck in the middle of the road. So the 21-year-old Good Samaritan is standing behind this Toyota 4Runner trying to help this woman out who's stuck in the middle of the road. Haywood Highsmith is driving along and for reasons that I do not know, he did not see the car in the middle of the road or the 21-year-old behind the car. 
And then you just put the picture together in your head, the rest of it. He's traveling about 45 miles per hour. And he goes right into the 21-year-old kid and the car. That's tragic. That's terrible. And the details that I found out about, they're horrific. The 21-year-old has his right leg partially amputated from, from the hit. He also suffered a broken left leg and a broken left arm. The comments, of course, on Twitter immediately, oh, he, he had to be under the influence. Well, from what I understand, he was not under the influence of anything. He was not suspected to be under the influence. And he wasn't even given any tests because law enforcement at the scene did not suspect him to be under the influence. A lot of people ask, did he stay on the scene? I can't even believe this is a question anymore, but there's so many hit and runs in South Florida, particularly in Miami-Dade, that that question is asked. And yes, he did stay on the scene. He was not arrested. He was not charged with a crime. It It is a tragic incident that happened, and it's tragic for everyone involved. The 21-year-old was transported to the hospital in critical condition. I can't even imagine what that 21-year-old goes through now. And then you've also got Haywood Highsmith, who in his head for the rest of his life, for a long time, has to think about that. You have a young life in that 21-year-old victim who's now changed forever. It's got to be so brutal. Family and, and, and everything. And, and then that image in Haywood Highsmith's head, it's just so, it's so bad all around. Everybody started sending me messages yesterday and good friends of mine in the media. I, I just, I couldn't reveal any of my sources to them or how I'm getting info or where it happened. Everybody's trying to find out. The texts and calls, they were coming in left and right. Can you just tell us what police agency handled this? What hospital the person went to? I I do a lot of work to get information, and I just, I I couldn't, it wasn't over, it, it was all over the news last night, but the news didn't have any details other than my report. They couldn't find anything out. Nobody knew about this. Even people who work in police departments didn't know about this. And I wasn't going to just hand out information last night to all the TV stations that were hitting me up. Like, I put in a lot of, a lot of time and effort into this stuff. And, and I do have great friends in the media. I'll be speaking to one shortly in Will Manso, and then we'll be having dinner tonight. But even my best of friends in the media, I, I, I was like, look, I'm sorry. Like, you just... <laughs> you got to you got to have your people do some work on this. Like I just can't do anything. It's just tragic. Very very tragic. So any other updates I have, I will uh talk about them here on the airwaves or uh tweet them out of course on my Twitter feed at Andy Slater. 
Now, if you're looking for details on how you could play in some great poker tournaments, head on over to SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That is the website where you will see every tournament going on right now at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. The Escalator Series with a $100,000 guaranteed prize pool is happening right now and throughout this weekend. Then next weekend, they've got a $200,000 guarantee. The week after that, $300K, then $400K, then $500K. It keeps going up. That's why it's called the Escalator Series. If you're not going to play in a tournament, maybe you don't have the time. They've got cash games. They've got bonus high hands. There's always so much action happening in the poker room at the Hard Rock. So for all of the info, for the entire schedule, for all the high hands, every piece of information, visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. And then maybe I will see you very soon at a poker table at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Live racing going on right now, literally right now at Goldstream Park. It is the championship meet, and during the championship meet, they've got live races every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The championship meet, that is the best of the best. You're going to have the best horses in the world. They're there at Goldstream Park right now. You will see them racing. The best jockeys in the world, the best trainers in the world, the best of the best comes out during the championship meet in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. When I go to Gulfstream Park, I go to their trackside restaurant, 10 Palms, get a nice table, have a fantastic meal, watch the races live right in front of me. And of course, you know me, I wager on them. And you don't even have to wager a lot. You could wager 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Head on out any live race day particularly for a great time, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. It's in Hollandale Beach, the championship meet at Gulfstream Park. Some of you may have headed out to downtown Miami last night. I was talking in the previous segment about a player who missed the game, Haywood Highsmith, and that tragic crash. Very unfortunate. And again, any more details I have, I will put them on my Twitter feed at Andy Slater. The details from the game last night, where some of you may have been, or at least you watched it, you saw Jimmy Butler wake up yet again. Maybe the first three quarters, you're like, oh boy. But then Jimmy woke up in the fourth. He got a tech from the officials, and then that was it. He was fully engaged knocking down a three for the 10th straight game, the longest streak of his career. He finishes with a triple-double. He did everything, and the team did everything that needed to be done to beat the San Antonio Spurs. Not that it should have been so difficult because the Spurs are not good, but Jimmy hit on something after the game. He said, this team is back to having fun again. When they were in the middle of losing seven in a row, for the first time that happened in the Eric Spolster era, they were upset, they were miserable, they were pouting, they weren't connecting, they weren't laughing. It looked like work. But now that they're winning again, things are just flowing. And while Jimmy was fantastic in the fourth quarter, what Tyler and Bam did last night, it was excellent. 
Tyler had 24, and the ball didn't stick with him. It wasn't like the ball got to him and he started dribbling down the clock and forcing a bad shot. Rather, he got it. He got to where he wanted to shoot, and he fired away. And he had a really good offensive night. And for Bam, he's obviously got a tough cover when you're taking on Wemby. You talk about a tough guy to guard because he's not a true center. Like Bam pointed out, he's a power forward. A power forward who happens to be seven, what, seven four? He could shoot threes. He attacked Bam a lot, and I thought Bam held his own. He had some really good moments last night. The best of which was an alley-oop that Jimmy threw to him, which was just sick. A really good moment for the Miami Heat. The Wemby hype, it's earned. I mean, you hear a lot about a player sometimes, and then you look at the player and think, what the heck is everybody talking about? But with Wemby, that's not the case. He's very raw. He just turned 20. He played overseas in France. What is he, 50 games into his first NBA season? He's got a lot to learn about the physicality of the game, the grind, about using his skills to the best level he can. He's still so raw, and at the same time, he's so good. He's able to put up those threes like it's nothing. He can get you from the three-point line. He can get you from that line to the basket and two dribbles also. He's a shot-blocking menace. He's an incredible basketball player in his first year in the league. So tall. Did you see when Wemby was next to Bam? Bam looked like a really short guy, and Bam's almost seven feet tall. I don't think there's any doubt he's going to win Rookie of the Year at 20 years old. I mean, that's that's a lock unless something were to happen. Uh, the question is, and the fun part is, what is Wemby going to look like in five years from now when the Spurs have a real team around him and when his body finishes growing and he could fill out a little bit with more strength? That size combined with that skill, he's going to be one of the best players in the league, and he'll be a lot of fun to watch. So if you saw the game last night or if you went to the game, I would say put that in your back pocket and remember it. And then let's go back and revisit that five years from now when he may be winning MVPs and the Spurs may be one of the best teams in the league. I mean, they're abysmal this year. So that means they're going to get another top draft pick, more talent to pair with him. And you still got Greg Popovich as the coach. So the Spurs got a bright future ahead of them. And the league, they have a very marketable, incredible player. And that's so good for basketball. I also loved what Greg Popovich did earlier yesterday. The Spurs, they were doing their shoot-around near their team hotel, Hebrew Academy in Miami Beach. So the Spurs are in the gym. The kids at the school, they're well aware. So what does Greg Popovich do? He invites the kids into the gym, lets them watch the end of their practice. He takes pictures with them. He lets them see Wemby. That's pretty awesome. You talk about marketing, that was really, really cool. And not that Greg Popovich is trying to market Wemby there, but it's great for the league and it's really nice for what Pop did. A lot of people think he's a jerk. He gives short interviews. Well, look what he did there. That's really awesome to make a bunch of kids' days, weeks, 
and years and letting them see Wemby right there in front of them in person. So kudos to Greg Popovich for doing that. Boston, they're going to be here on Sunday. That's an ABC game. So the Heat will be taking on the Celtics. And the last time Boston was here, I think the Heat lost by like 369 points, something like that. It wasn't a great performance. But now the Heat are healthy. Now they're starting to play with a little more joy. They're starting to perform better. All that I ask when the Heat take on Boston, let's not replicate what we saw a short time ago when they faced them. Let's have the team compete, and then let's see how it all shakes out. We'll chat more about the Heat with Will Manso from WPLG Local 10 in just a moment. Before I talk Heat with Manso, let me talk Bagel Loan with all of you. Stewie has got the Bagel Loan. If you're buying a home, if you need a mortgage, if you're refinancing, you want to get a hold of Stewie from Stewart's American Mortgage Corporation. The bagel loan is all about zero. Because when you look at a bagel in the middle, you see a zero. And that's exactly what you'll pay Stewie. No lender fees, no appraisal fees. You pay Stewie nothing because of the bagel loan that he's offering to you. I'm going to give you Stewie's personal cell phone number. Don't be afraid to call him. Do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a home right now, if you're buying a home, need a mortgage or refinancing, dial Stewie's personal cell. 561-379-4441. That's 561-379-4441. Call Stewie, tell him you want to know more about the bagel loan. Google the bagel loan if you want, but then get a hold of Stewie on his personal cell, 561-379-4441. Get yourself the bagel loan, MLS number 226715. Here on this Thursday, Will Manso from WPLG Local 10 with us on the Andy Slater Show. Man, so it's been a while since I've had you on. I don't know the reason for it. Um, maybe I didn't want to have you come on here and panic about the Miami Heat, but were you ever um, like in panic mode with this team? No, I haven't been. And I think that, you know, for Heat fans in general, that's frustrating because I think Heat fans just get so panicked when the team doesn't play particularly well. But, I mean, we've seen – have we not seen the the five-season sample size with this team with the, in the Jimmy era that – they, you know, they they had the one season where they were the one seed and they, you know, they looked great. But for the most part, they've learned, especially as Jimmy's gotten older, that they've got to manage his minutes, figure out, you know, as far as manage his, his energy and the games he plays and the rest of the roster trying to take shape. I, I never panic because it's the same core that we've seen have success. And I don't think that core has lessened as far as talent. What do you think that does, though, as far as fans, you know, fans paying to go to these games? And we all kind of know, hey, the playoffs are the important part. Um, mm-hmm. but the regular season, we just got to do what we got to do to, to be healthy for later on. Yeah. And that, and it's so different. You know, I know different sports is different. It's hard to equate it to like football because it's such a limited season. You have 16, 17 games. You have, you're going to have your superstars play every game that they're healthy because we know one game, for instance, the dolphins were from division title, the wild card because of the one Tennessee game, like you can't just take that game easy. Right. So 
it's different in the NBA the way that you can you can manage things and schedules. It's got to be frustrating. I'm sure it is. Look, I'm a fan. You're a fan. You want to see your team play well. You would love to see the Heat win 60 games and the old days of the the Heat. You know when they had those seasons and the Bulls and the historic runs. That's great. But I think franchises are figuring out that look in the playoffs you've got to be at full health to have a chance and if you're not it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season so there's an in-between there really is an in-between what does that kind of do though i mean because back in the day it it wasn't really like this so you would go to a dinner with a friend or you're at a bar and you're like oh gosh you know they're not good they stink or they're really good and now can you put any emphasis on anything as to the way the team is playing during the regular season no, not not from night to night. No, I don't think so. I think I think again. That's why I say body of, of of work for the Heat in this era of Jimmy because we've seen the same core. Look, it's been the core since the the bubble time, right? It's been the core with Jimmy and Bam and Tyler. Sure, there's been moving parts and different pieces along the way, but the reality is, if they have those three guys and those three guys are their centerpieces, which they were again last night to win. That's the way this team is built, and then you hope the other pieces in between, the acquisitions you make, the Rosiers, the drafting of Haquez, all that stuff adds to it. But the reality is that core is that core, and we know what they could do when they're healthy. How much do you think, Will, that the Heat need, or how many games do you think they need, or maybe they're there right now, to see what they could do with Scary Terry for him to get acquainted and for the team to get acquainted to him? I think we got to get in the second half of the season. I think you're seeing look, the one thing you're seeing already is that they're faster in the pace, the way they work up and down the court. I mean, almost to, the, to a fault the first week or so that he was there because guys need to catch up to his energy of like, hey, I'm getting the ball and I'm pushing. The difference with Kyle at point, Kyle was either I'm pushing with like a long outlet pass where he, he was great at doing or I'm going to set us into the half court or give it to Jimmy and work there. And sometimes things would just bog down. They rarely bog down with Terry. So you already see that step. I think the next step in the progression for him is just to find a shot again, you know, and he's a, he's a proven NBA player. This isn't some guy who's been in the league two or three years. You don't know what you have. He's 29. He's been on playoff teams. He's been in the league a long time. He was a high volume scorer this year already, you know, 22 plus points in Charlotte. I think he's just slumping with his shot. Once he finds that, We've already seen the facilitating. We've already seen the pushing of the basketball, the unselfish play. He's just got to kind of relax. And I think the all-star break will help him with that to be himself into the second half of the season. I say second half, not even second half. They'll be under 30 right. less when they come back. Yeah. <laughs> where do you see the heat right now? If you had to guess, and I'm kind of making you guess, where, yeah. where do you see them positioning-wise? And you saw some of the moves made today, including the Knicks kind of maybe like pushing all their chips in. Yeah, I mean, I think I just said it with the games played, right, with what's left, roughly under 30 games left. There's not much room to get to the top, meaning, you know, you know one is not going to happen. Boston's the right. best team in the conference. But, you know, that two, three, four range, I think if you look at the standings, the window is five to eight, which is dangerous because I, I say five now because the Sixers are falling apart. Not only are they losing games, but they lost Embiid, the uncertainty there. The Heat are only about three or four back in a loss column there, which they could certainly make up to get to the five. But then again, you get into the Indiana and Orlando and Miami. I think those teams are going to be battling for those positions. You want to get at least that six, right? You do not want to be in the playing game. And the Heat are in very good position to be there. But But the way that the Cavs have played, the way the Knicks have played, Milwaukee has been consistent enough, even though they've been up and down. And I and I mentioned Boston. The Heat aren't going to get in that area. I don't think so, barring some collapse by another team 
in under 30 games. Well, would you have said that, though? I mean, because they're, I think, five back or five and a half back of, of the Knicks right now, and the Knicks have the four seed. Would you have said that, Will, if the Knicks didn't make those moves today, or you think those moves kind of solidify, hey, we already know our top four? No, I would have said it regardless because I think the Knicks, their body of work this year is that they're putting a lot into the regular season. Look, a Tom Thibodeau team, high minutes, you know, he, he plays his players, man. He, those guys get heavy minutes. They got their the moves that they made already had a Guire to Anobi. They are a team that's clearly pushing in the regular season, and I don't see the heat all of a sudden or under 30 games left say, okay, we got to push now because we got to try to make up five games. That's just not the way they're built. They're going to push to an extent of like, hey, we want to avoid this playing game. But I can tell you this. Not that they're shooting for the six, but at the heat of the six seed, and they're playing their best basketball and healthy going into the playoffs, they really do not care about the Knicks, the Bucks, the Celtics, anyone. They only care about themselves. They can beat anyone that's in front of them. Do you think they look at last season and say that now, or they would have said that anyway? I mean, because after last year, does it even yeah. matter where you finish? You know, I mean, look, if you look back, and I know it's hard to do, but just think back. How about that? All the things Jimmy, who's your leader and your star, has said in the last five seasons. Jimmy's never shied away from that. When they haven't played well, his go-to answer, and he means it, is, man, I don't worry about that stuff. I just worry about us being healthy. I worry about us getting to our game. When we play our game, we know we can beat anyone, and we're going to get there. I know we are. And everybody kind of rolls their eyes. Oh, here's Jimmy saying they're going to beat everybody. Just like he did after losing the game seven. The first thing he said is next year we'll be here again and we'll do it. Well, guess what? They did it. So who are we to say, you know, superstar Jimmy who does it all at a triple-double last night. Says something like that, you believe it. And I think they all buy in. So to answer your question, they do think that way in the sense that they don't worry about that stuff because they know what they're capable of because they've proven it. Manso, I don't know if you know this, but whoever comes on the show that night, we we have to go to dinner. So yeah, I like the deal. T- tonight we're going to dinner. That's just the way it works. I'm now, I, now you said you like the deal. I didn't say that I pay for the dinner. I'm just saying we go to dinner. All right, well, that, that part wasn't. That part wasn't. <laughs> no, that, that's the new rule. The new rule is when I'm on the show, we have dinner. That's why I haven't been on in six months. We haven't had dinner that long. Will Manso from WPLG Local 10, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll see you tonight for dinner. All right, brother. See you in a few. All right, take care, buddy. Uh, Manso is um, not only with WPLG Channel 10, but you know he's also uh, doing the heat broadcast as well, and he's been around South Florida for a long, long, long time. And it's definitely not team panic like some people were. The Miami Heat, they'll be just fine. I panicked last season. I'm not panicking again. Now, some of you might be panicking when it comes to your finances. you got to get your stuff in order. I would highly advise you call Trajan Wealth. Maybe you've got some goals here in 2024 that you finally want to really go after and achieve. You might have somebody working on your finances right now and they're just not getting the job done. You're not feeling the love. And hey, Valentine's Day is next week. Call Trajan Wealth. Get a hold of Trajan Wealth because Trajan Wealth will do everything they can to design a plan based around your goals for you to succeed. Trajan Wealth is located locally in Palm Beach. Visit trajanwealth.com. That's trajanwealth.com. Or call them at 561 390 
1000 that's 561-390-1000 if you are not feeling the love with your current financial advisor get a hold of Trajan Wealth today it will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC an SEC registered investment advisor and this is a paid advertisement Tonight on television, you've got the Florida Panthers and the Washington Capitals, and you've also got the NFL Honors Show, the awards being handed out tonight. Now, it's a big night for the Miami Dolphins. We all have a bad taste in our mouths because the Dolphin season ended on a bad note. They got destroyed in Baltimore. They came home and lost to the division to the Buffalo Bills, and then they lost in negative 30-degree wind chills in Kansas City. So the Dolphins did not win a playoff game for the 24th straight year. The ending was a bummer. And because of it, I think a lot of us tend to forget that the regular season, for the most part, was a joy. If you could take the big picture of, did you have fun being a Dolphins fan from September through January? I think the answer would be yes. The team was a delight. The offense was very explosive. They were on hard knocks. Tua was healthy and tearing it up. Tyreek was chasing 2,000. The defense was improving. The Dolphins may have led the league in fun. The end, of course, is the most important part, and we'd all love for them to have a chance to play in a game like the one that's happening on Sunday. Nobody's going to argue against that. But sometimes we get so focused on how the season ended that we don't stop for a second and say, hey, that was actually a really fun season overall. Look, Tua and Tyreek, they're up for big awards tonight. And I think that's awesome. I hope they both win. They both deserve to win. Tua being the comeback player of the year, the whole knock on him was he can't stay healthy. Well, he started every single game. And he balled out. Statistically, he was one of the best QBs in the NFL. We could pick apart his game. There are things to be criticized. He hasn't done anything yet come playoff time. But remember, this is a regular season honor. To go from this guy should hang it up to he's unstoppable and he's throwing for more than 4,000 yards, that's remarkable. And then Tyreek, he's on another level. You got every other player in the league and then you got Tyreek. There are fast guys and then there's Tyreek. So for Tyreek to chase 2,000, he didn't get it, but he was close. And remember, he missed some time. What Tyreek did this regular season was unbelievable. And now you just got to hope he could replicate that uh, next year. But the honor tonight, Offensive Player of the Year, for what he did this regular season, he deserves it. That's all the time I got for this Thursday afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.